Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the week for the Lunch Pal Guys podcast. I'm joined by almost all of the usual cohort. I'm Aiden. I've got Lucas, Jared, and Bart with me. No Wyatt still. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know when we hear from him, you know, ho- hopefully one day soon. Hopefully he'll be back. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to talk about mostly NFL stuff during this episode. And we're going to start out with some NFL news we missed. In terms of games that actually happened on Sunday or in the past week, we had the Jets beating the Bills, which was big news for uh, me at least. I don't, yeah. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for others, yeah. Um, but but yeah, shout out, shout out Jets. Zach Wilson was not terrible, so that's that's big. Uh, the defense and then, is so good. Sauce is the so defense good. is oh, sauce, sauce, is, sauce so is so good. So good. Sauce that's is cool. oh, he's God. fun to watch too. Really though, I know. Um, also coming out of that game too josh allen might have a a ucl injury which i've never even heard of i feel like until this year but guess where they play next week the timing yes sir (laughs) (laughs) who who predicted that the bikes would have a better record going into the game than the bills it's amazing (laughs) oh my god the bikes keep on winning and kirk keeps on getting more confident I feel like mm-hmm. I keep seeing like post game stuff from Kurt. Oh yeah, and he's just yeah, dripping ice yeah, exactly. down. Exactly. Oh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what a Super Bowl would do to Kirk? I really. <laughs> a new man. <laughs> he's gonna have a grill, I think, by exactly. that time. <laughs> uh, but in other games that happened on Sunday, we had the Packers lost again. This time to the Lions. Oof. Um, still very satisfying, uh, and the Rams also lost to the Bucks in just a terrible game to watch. Uh, so Too bad three, football teams. Honestly, though, those three teams like all came to the season with Super Bowl aspirations, and oof, tough to watch. Um, in terms of another team that's tough to watch, the Colts fired Frank Reich. I think they're three, five, and one, or something like that. Something not very good, uh, <laughs> and they officially fired Frank Reich, as Wyatt, bless his memory, predicted, and they hired Jeff Saturday, in his stead, <laughs> who is not part of the coaching staff. Was an analyst for what ESPN or for NFL Network? ESPN, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah has he never coached a football team in his life. He coached the high school team, right? Didn't, oh maybe apparently he had a losing that. record in his last oh, high school well. coaching season so <laughs> the the tankathon is on exactly yeah. that's all this means um, <laughs> what are they even tanking for cj stroud victor wimbayama yeah i know frank like i got mixed up yeah 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 think alike <laughs> no, but actually, uh, did someone say Trayvon Walker? Isn't he like the the Georgia defensive tackle? People are like all all aboard the. F- Why would you tank for a defensive tank tackle for- <laughs> though? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Apparently, he's elite. Trayvon Walker was the first one drafted last year. Who am I thinking of? 
I, yeah, I, I don't know, know. what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not on the mock draft season yet, you know. Yeah. The Colts yeah, yeah. are, clearly. But. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> I'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to Bart on that one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the most important news we missed of the week, Jared has informed us that Kyler Murray is 0-2 since Call of Duty came out this year, so... <laughs> Crucial news. What is what is Kyler focusing on? Uh, you know. Oh my gosh! It's not like the Cardinals though were like like six no before that. Though, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but our first real topic of the day, uh, we're gonna go into the NFL trade deadline, which was last Tuesday, I think, or last Monday. Uh, we're gonna go through some winners and losers. Jared, we're gonna start with you you got is your winners and losers of the trade deadline for my winner i'm gonna go with howie roseman mostly because he proved one of my predictions right and that robert quinn uh got traded to the eagles so it made me look good it did make me look bad though that there was so much activity at the trade deadline because i think in that episode i also said the nfl trade deadline is usually really boring and this one was actually very very exciting um Mm -hmm. But I, and true. I'll say again, Bart. Both of those things can be true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, in all serious, serious, no, serious, seriousness, though, the Eagles got Robert Quinn and only had to pay seven hundred thousand dollars for him. They voided the last two years of his contract too, so they're basically paying him nothing. The Bears are paying seven million dollars for a fourth round pick, basically. Big baller moves, I think, by Howie Roseman. Uh, loser, I kind of wanted to say the Bears. Um, I know they got Claypool, but I don't know if they they really got that much for the players they, they uh, got rid of um, with Roquan Smith as well. But I think I'm going to say the Rams, despite them generally being a very aggressive team and the ringleaders of the F-them-picks mentality, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. I know they wanted to get rid of Cam Akers, and that didn't happen. Their divisional rival, the 49ers, got Christian McCaffrey and definitely got better. The Seahawks are trending right now, too. Cardinals, not so much, but they're definitely the third or fourth worst team in that division. They looked, as Aiden alluded to, they looked awful this weekend against the Bucs. Um, so, yeah, I think they are a pretty boring team to watch, and it doesn't look like they're on a very good trajectory for the rest of the season. So we'll see what happens with them. But they're objectively losers, I think, from the deadline moves. Yeah, I feel like so many like news reports I saw were this the Rams tried to get this guy. Yeah. And just fell through. Yeah. And honestly, this whole thing is just kind of funny to watch. Uh, but Lucas, we're going to move on to you next. Who are your winners and losers? Uh, my winner is Justin Fields. Um, I think he got his first legit weapon. Um, so he's been with the Bears with Chase Claypool. Claypool didn't have like an excellent first week, um, but it was early. He'll get used to the Bears system. And I think even the threat of having Claypool on the field seemed to unleash Fields a little bit this week. Yes, this is part of like a growing trend where Justin Fields has been playing better and better the past few weeks. They seem to finally have him running a little bit, which playing to his strengths um, in some ways. But yeah, I mean, like with all the weapons on the field, like he was excellent this week. He had three passing touchdowns. He had 178 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, and the Bears are showing that like they're investing in Fields. They're not giving up on him. He's not getting traded to the Giants, like Wyatt has long suggested. <laughs> um, and that investment seems to be playing in their favor. Yes, they lost a, lost a close game this week, but I think the Bears' trajectory is absolutely upward at this point. Um, and trading for Claypool 
I think shows that you know they're all in on fields at this point. Um, my loser is also another quarterback in the NFC North, and it is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think it is a bad <laughs> sign um, when Lil Wayne is disavowing you on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else saw this. I didn't see that. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, Lil Wayne's a huge Packers fan. Uh, and <laughs> from Louisiana? <laughs> doesn't <is>. matter. <laughs> um, hold on. I'll pull up the tweet. Um, or somebody else pull up the tweet while I go on the spiel. And, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, some of the Packers... Lack of success this year is Rodgers' fault, but some of it is not, and it's the Packers' inability to surround him with talent. It's bad enough that they traded away an elite wide receiver this offseason, Devontae Adams, but they really haven't taken the opportunity to retool at any point since, this trade deadline being the chief example. Showcase with Claypool, who I mentioned in the last street. Apparently, they offered the exact same deal as the Bears um, with the second-round pick, and the... Uh, Steelers just chose to <laughs> send him to Chicago instead over the Packers. So that's kind of an L. Maybe they should have just thrown in like a fifth round pick or something like that. <laughs> cool. But I don't know. So, but for now, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is stuck with the 26th best receiving core, according to PFF. Mm. And for that reason, I think he's a big loser. Oh, yeah. yeah. At least so he's getting paid like $50 million a year, though, or whatever the heck his contract exactly. is. Yeah, so. Exactly. He's totally fine on that front. But if they had listened to Lil Wayne, he said, <laughs> rip to the season. We should have gotten rid of 12 before the season. What? <laughs> so they would not have paid him $50 million if Lil Wayne was the... That's a crazy yeah, take, yeah. though. Dude, yeah. that is <laughs> that a hot take. take. Did, did he say that before the season started? No, he because said that obviously on November it's easy 6th. To say now. So. <laughs> I doubt anybody was clamoring for them to get rid of Aaron Rodgers after... Didn't he just win MVP? Yeah. Yeah, what the heck? It's crazy. Yeah. And we just saw we just saw with the Colts, for example, how hard it is to figure out the quarterback position. You know, you can't just keep trading for veterans and like or whatever they were. I don't even know who they who were they going to trade for. There's nobody really who's available. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Lil Wayne though didn't have a terrible weekend because he had a, a tweet hyping up LSU in their Alabama victory, and he said <laughs> in his tweet. Hope Brian uses his southern accent at the podium. (laughs) (laughs) He should have. That would have been funny, yeah. So a classic LSU Green Bay Packers fan. You know, a a combo (laughs) that is just so, yeah. That that means OBJ. (laughs) People forget Montana of episode four of this podcast fame from Louisiana. Is he a Packers fan? He was a Packers fan, yeah. Do you not? Does nobody remember? I thought he was a Saints, Saints guy. Fan? Yeah, he is a Saints fan, but he's also a Packers fan. Yeah, he Packers can't. Does nobody uh, remember this? Duplicitous. Does nobody remember this? No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, duplicitous. Part is right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that means OBJ to the Packers confirmed. Is what I'm. Oof. Okay, Bart, you're up next. Winner and loser. Um, my winner. I got the Vikes. Got to have them. This is specifically about the TJ Hawkinson trade. Uh, because so far it's looking fantastic. They needed a tight end. They needed a versatile tight end. Irv Smith was supposed to be the guy. First of all, he's hurt. Second of all, he has not been good this year. I saw in the post game like the hype talk that Kevin O'Connell does. He specifically was like, yeah, Hawk, we traded for you because we knew you'd fit right in. And he did. I also saw a tweet saying that tight ends are really important to Kirk Cousins like as receiving threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other season on the Vikes, he did that a lot. This year was the opposite. So it's good that they got him one so that he can go back to his winning ways. I said it. 
<laughs> um, and then literally just look at the first game. Hawk had nine targets. He caught nine passes. You can make a very real argument that without him, they actually lose to the Commanders this weekend. So I understand it's a win now move, and he like might be a rental because he's only on board for one more season after this year. But they're seven and one, so you gotta have it. My loser, Kenny Pickett. This goes back to what Lucas was <laughs> saying about Justin Fields and the Chase Claypool trade. Chase Claypool for Kenny Pickett was his second most targeted receiver and his second highest yardage gained receiver since Pickett became the starter. They just got rid of him. Who else can tell me what el- what the other Steelers moves were? There was one move they traded for a cornerback. <laughs> so basically, I feel terrible for Kenny Pickett because he's not been good this year. I know he's not been good. Um, but like it seems like the Steelers literally have just given up on him because instead of helping him, they actually got rid of a really key v- target for him. And then like the offensive line is still trash. Uh, like, I, I think they could have done more for him, and now they're probably just leaving him out to dry, and then he's going to have a terrible rookie year, and people are going to be like, ah, let's draft a new quarterback. Yeah. So I feel bad for Kenny Pickett. But hey, they got a cornerback, someone who can catch his passes in practice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Kenny Pickett has the highest interception percentage in the league. He's not been good. Yeah, <laughs> it's Wait. a hand size. <clears throat> Bart, can you can you say can you simultaneously say that quarterback wins is not a stat, but then say that TJ Hawkinson is gonna help Kirk Cousins win? Get back to winning ways. Or is that hypocritical? Wait, but did you think I was, like, serious when I said that? I know. I was just joking. (laughs) Okay. First thing Jared never misses an opportunity for is to hype up the Pac-12. Second thing he never misses an opportunity for is to call out my quarterback wins theory. (laughs) I mean, you came after the Pac-12 earlier, so what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, come on. That's freaking payback. You put the target on your own head here. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's just facts, Bart. It's you use facts against the Pac-12. I use facts against Kirk. You're right. I'm just joking. It's quarterback wins. No, I'm just joking. Okay, I'm going to close it out. I've got as my winner Jeff Wilson Jr. Just a little random. But he was having a pretty good season for the Niners. You know, he was averaging over five yards a carry. He'd gained 119 rush yards over expected this year, which was seventh best among running backs. Mm. So obviously the Niners went for an upgrade. I'm not saying that was wrong. That, or that McCaffrey is an upgrade over Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, but at least Jeff Wilson Jr. was traded to the Dolphins and no longer has to be second fiddle. He seems to be the Dolphins' main back, at least in his first game, uh, for a team that was 28th in the league with its rushing attack before he got there. And he gets to play for Mike McDaniel, who was his offensive coordinator for the last couple of years. So I feel like this was a good situation for him to end up in. Uh, and I feel like he's got some potential. In terms of my loser, I feel like this is a fairly obvious loser, but the Panthers, it's really weird to me that they went halfway in their fire sale. Mm. Like, they sold off McCaffrey, which seemed like a a fairly good move for their future. It seemed like they had decided what they were going to do with their future. Um, They sold off Robbie Anderson. But the Rams offered two first-rounders and a second-rounder for Brian Burns, and they turned it down. And he's going to be a free agent after next year. And, like, there's no way that the Panthers are relevant next year, right? So, like, why why sell McCaffrey and not go all in on that? Um, mm-hmm. I, maybe it's just everyone hates the Rams because that seems to be the <laughs> unifying theme of the trade deadline. Uh, but it really feels like the Rams offered good picks. And who knows how good they'll be in 2024 or 2025 when the picks are for. There's a good chance they won't be bad first rounders anyway. Uh, so I thought that was just a, a strange 
uh, kind of scenario from the from the Panthers. Can't believe the Rams even have first round picks anymore. Yeah. Like they, Honestly, though, yeah, I, I saw something that they like. I forget how many they've traded away since like 2015, but it's a, it's a crazy high number. I think they haven't drafted. I think wasn't yeah. Jared Goff their last first round pick? <laughs> <laughs> Am I lying about that or? No, that's that sounds like it'd be oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would buy that. But what a first rounder it was. Um, yeah. I also like. I, I feel like PFF cool. has probably done an analysis on this because I'm curious how valuable defensive ends should be considered. Like, do the Rams really think that Brian Burns would have been the one to turn their season around? You know, of all the players <laughs> to, to I, give up those picks for? It's interesting. Especially now that the Rams are, what, 3-5? and five? Is mm-hmm. that the record? You know, maybe, maybe at 3-4 and four they thought they were, <laughs> you know, that they were still going to, you know, turn it around to be competitive. But it seems like that would have been a huge mistake. Um, but moving into our last segment... We're going to talk about the sophomore QB class. We've mentioned a couple of them earlier. Justin Fields mentioned Zach Wilson. Uh, it was a super hyped up class for sure. One of the <laughs> probably the most hyped up QB class uh, in recent memory. We're going to go back through them now. Now that they've had a year and a half to show themselves and have been vaguely disappointing. We're going to go back through them. Say where they should have been drafted in hindsight. Uh, we're going to start with. The number one pick overall, Trevor Lawrence and Lucas. Where would you redraft Trevor Lawrence? He's a second rounder. Um, what? I think. Ooh. No, I'm I mean, serious. No, I know. No, sorry, I was just giving it a rush. <laughs> no, I got, I got you. I got you. He he was a he still was a great college quarterback and has been serviceable. I would say at the NFL level, maybe borderline serviceable. The big comeback versus the Raiders this past weekend was nice. But he's middle to bottom of the pack, stats-wise, compared to the other four quarterbacks um, in the class that we're looking at today. So I looked at five non-volume stats, completion percentage, yards per completion, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, and rating. He is third in completion percentage, fifth in yards per completion, fourth in touchdown percentage. He does have the best interception percentage, meaning he has the like fewest number of uh, interceptions per pass, uh, but he's fourth in rating. So overall, these stats indicate somebody who's good. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he's not really great either. And I think if you're going for a, I hate to use the word, but almost game manager type quarterback who's maybe not going to mess up, but isn't going to win you games, you shouldn't be using a first-round pick on that. And based on the stats so far, at least in comparison to the other guys in his class, that's kind of what Lawrence is. He kind of fills that game manager role of like, He's not going to throw a lot of picks, but he's not going to go out there and win games for you either. And so for that reason, I'm giving him a second-round pick. Yeah. Mm. Do you think he has the upside of being more than a game manager or no? I don't know. I mean, this gets into our conversation we had last week on the pod where yeah. it's like, I want to say yes because it's like, oh, it's Trevor Lawrence. He's a generational yeah. talent. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if we can say that anymore. I don't think we've been able to maybe necessarily say that since his freshman year of college. But he's still mm-hmm. just living off that sort of hype. So my gut says yes he has the upside of being like maybe a pro bowler maybe not mvp level but like a pro bowler type guy mm-hmm. but i don't even know if that's true anymore yeah like he still he checks all the physical boxes i feel like to still be considered yeah. um a generation or not generational talent maybe but <laughs> more than a game manager yeah. i'll say that yeah. He, yeah. i feel like he shows flash like he makes some really yeah. impressive throws sometimes 
like an arm arm strength and like having zip yeah. is like an important thing for the elite quarterbacks i feel like but yeah 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 and then something that's kind of common to a lot of the qbs on this list he had a really good game last week and so <laughs> like that's vaguely biases me at least when i'm thinking about him um though i don't know i, I don't think necessarily your your second round pick lucas is wrong yeah. we're gonna, now going to move into the second quarterback taken zach wilson i'm going to start I've, lucas kind of set the benchmark yeah and i'm gonna yeah. turn around from that and say mid first round just because i feel like quarterbacks are are very you know they're very valuable even if we don't expect them to necessarily be a for sure lock uh, and we just are kind of going on hype or going on ceiling uh, but I have him as a first rounder, as a mid first rounder who could fall to the early second round. Uh, could be sitting in the green room, just you know, um, mm-hmm. doing nothing. But I, I still honestly don't know what to think of Zach Wilson. Towards the end of last year, after a terrible start to his rookie year, he had a string of games where he looked pretty competent. He stopped turning the ball over as much, and that's generally continued this year. Like he's generally looked better or looked like a more competent QB. But with that said, he still has these like maddening periods of awfulness, like, you know, throwing three picks against the Patriots and like bad picks, like directly to defenders. So it's hard for me to tell where he's headed, but he's still like given the progress that he's made. I'm really hoping for that year two to three kind of jump that we've seen from some of these guys lately um, and that previously I wasn't that hopeful about, uh, but I feel like he does have the he does make throws that make you go like oh like this is this is why you drafted him at number two, um, and then he also makes throws that you're like why how could a NFL quarterback possibly make that throw? Um, so, with that said, I know that's not a very hyped up way to say someone's a mid first round pick, uh, but I, but I think that it's worth it for NFL teams to kind of go in on a QB who seems like they could be something, and it still seems like Zach Wilson could be something. Jared, who do you have here? Or sorry, excuse what do me. I, what do I have? You have here? Zach Wilson, but what do you have <laughs> Zach I, Wilson has? I also said mid first rounder would have been better. Because yeah, look, there's they're never gonna like pass on somebody that had a flashy pro day and like mm-hmm. just gets hyped up in that that kind of cycle of the draft buildup. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're never really gonna fall to the second round. Maybe, maybe there is a case that he should be like a second or third rounder, but. I don't think he realistically would ever fall that far. I think mid first rounder would be better. The problem is, is like, yes, he has improved, but he still has thrown more picks than he has touchdowns this year. Like hasn't gotten over 60% completion percentage. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like we, we have to hope for the Josh Allen anomaly type, like Jalen hurts anomaly type. But I feel like their benchmarks were a little bit higher. Like, and in terms of their improvement from season one to season two, obviously Zach Wilson says not, finished yet but Jalen Hurts um from season one to season two jumped like almost 10 completion 10 points in completion percentage Josh Allen jumped I want to say like uh six points so pretty modest but mm-hmm. um he definitely does not have this, the physical tools that Josh Allen does so we'll have to see on that I'd say mid first rounder though Okay, now someone who's garnered a lot of hype over the last couple of weeks, Justin Fields, Bart, where you have him? I I think I gotta say top ten. I don't. I 
yeah, it's hard. I, I think what you said, Aiden, uh, just a minute ago is, is valid. Like, I, I was tempted to say lower because, like, just because you're the best quarterback doesn't mean that you deserve to be drafted high. But I think it's fair to draft on potential. And Fields, I think, has demonstrated he's got the highest ceiling right now, uh, largely because of his athleticism. And, like, I'm not even talking about his arm. Like, his, his wheels obviously are crazy. Like, he just set the record for quarterback rushing yards in the regular season in a game with 178. Um, so, like, if, if, if the Bears can start using him more creatively, kind of like the Ravens use Lamar, right, that bodes well. He's clearly still flawed as a passer. There are a number of things he can work on. Like, he takes sacks too much. Uh, he's, like, terrible throwing the deep ball, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, but I also think you have to consider that the Bears have not really helped him, like, in terms of building a really good roster around him. And also, it, like, he clearly is improving. Um, Lucas mentioned earlier how he's been looking a lot better in the past few weeks than he did at the start of the season. He's got nine total touchdowns to two turnovers over the past four weeks. And I noticed this was interesting against two really good defenses in the Cowboys and Pats. The Bears put up 33 points and 29 points. And I looked at the scoring plays in those games. All of those scores were by the Bears offense. So it's not skewed at all. <laughs> so he, he really is like seems to be coming into his own and the Bears are like, calling better plays for him. So I think he's going to keep improving, and he does have the highest ceiling in this class. So I think a top 10 pick for him is, is fair. I I also said top 10 pick, actually, even though it felt kind of crazy looking at it to to say that like he should be he should be like number one overall. But when you do look at the other options, I guess it starts making a little bit more sense. There was With how much success he had in college, too, I f- there's no way he would have realistically fallen, I feel like, too much further past that anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, he might be, he's on pace for like over a thousand rushing yards this season as a quarterback, which would be a pretty good season. Um, and like you said, now he's starting to get some help with Chase Claypool. He definitely needs to, he hasn't really made a meaningful jump in completion percentage. He's like, in fact, 0.1 worse than he was last year. Um, but if you can kind of get it figured out with, uh, like legs and athleticism first, then hopefully you can figure out the passing game. Maybe they get him a new coach that's a little more <laughs> offensively minded. I mean, like, it felt like at the start of the season they, they were literally setting him up to fail and hoping he played himself into a mm-hmm. number one overall pick, and he's had other ideas this year. So, yeah. Yeah, we know Wyatt's out there quietly <laughs> <laughs> championing this top ten. Or maybe he's just mad that it's not top one. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I- I'm up next with Mac Jones. I have him as late second round right now. You know, what you were hoping for with Mac Jones, kind of unlike the the three other guys that we've talked about, is a competent quarterback. You know, I don't think you're really expecting a dominant MVP caliber QB with Mac Jones. He just doesn't really have the the tools for that, and that's okay. Uh, but his, his rookie year obviously was pretty encouraging. He technically made the Pro Bowl, which is weird, given that he was statistically kind of a middle-of-the-road QB. But he was way more competent than the other guys, the other rookie QBs uh, who he was compared against. But this year, I feel like, has been a a pretty serious cause for concern. You know, granted, he was out with an ankle injury for several games and could still be feeling the effects of that. His line has been worse than expected. The weapons around him are pretty underwhelming. But he's been one of the worst QBs in the league. He's only ahead of Baker in terms of QBR. PFF has com- consistently rated him as one of the worst QBs uh, so far this year. So for a guy whose calling card was competence, he's made a lot of mistakes so far this season. And so I feel like that 
has pretty much tanked his status when I would have said, you know, at the start of the year that he was worth the pick that the, the Pats took him at, potentially even worth a, a you know, a number 10 pick or, or something kind of around that. But it feels like he's dropped far. And you hope at this point that he kind of returns to the average or slightly above average QB status of like a Ryan Tannehill, for example. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, he seemed on course for that. But now it's unclear, and so I feel like he's he's second round and late second round. Okay, now moving on to the the real wild card, Davis Mills <laughs> out of Stanford, <laughs> Lucas. Where do you have him? I'm gonna put him ahead of Trevor Lawrence and give you a mid to late <laughs> first round pick. This is the craziest Despite- draft. Despite his abysmal three fourteen and one record as a starting quarterback, because quarterback wins are not a stat, and so it doesn't (laughs) matter. Um, So I looked at the same uh, non-volume stats uh, for Trevor Lawrence as I did uh, for Davis Mills. Uh, So again, completion percentage, yards per completion, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, and rating. Mills is among the five quarterbacks we're talking about tonight. Second in completion percentage, third in yards per completion. First in touchdown percentage, second best in interception percentage, so he's the second lowest, and second in rating. Those numbers are good across the board, better than Trevor Lawrence across the board, who I say was the second rounder. So for doing purely numbers-based comparisons, I gotta choose a header Lawrence. So I'll go mid to first, mid to late first round pick. Bart, your response. <laughs> I I'm not I'm not shifting off of what I said initially. I think I think late second. Uh, is is the is the pick for for Davis, and the reason I say that you said earlier about Trevor Lawrence Lucas that you were hesitant to use the term game manager, but I use it willingly and liberally <laughs> when I describe Davis Mills. I think he is the bona fide game manager, and so the question is where if you knew that you were drafting a really good game manager, but a ceiling of a game manager, where would you like where would it make sense to take that quarterback? I think the late mm-hmm. second is fine for that. Basically, Davis Mills. He, I mean, yeah, kind of like what you were saying earlier about Trevor Lawrence. He he has a limited set of tools, and like we know what he is. He he doesn't turn the ball over very much. He he doesn't take a lot of sacks. He he it makes like he he's good at making the easy plays, but he like he can't throw outside the hashes. For instance, he like once once uh, the pocket collapses and he's under pressure, he crumbles. Things like that. So I feel like he he can do what you ask him to do in like a safe setting, but he's never going to be a top tier quarterback. And so I think second round is fine for him. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap it up for the day. Thank you for tuning in and listening to all our good NFL content. If you want more of that and some talk on other sports, make sure you're subscribed on Apple podcasts, on SoundCloud and on Spotify. Make sure you give us a five-star rating. Follow us on all our social media at lunchpailguys underscore. And we'll see you next week.